something about light this time of year. Perhaps, perhaps it's the length of the night that causes us to fix our attention on light. Perhaps It's the darkness of the night. For indeed, we are in the darkest season of the the entire year that causes causes our attention to be drawn on lights which otherwise would have escaped us any other time of year. Is it the length of the night? Is it the darkness of the night? Perhaps it's the coldness of the night that reminds us of the warmth that we all desperately need that comes from the light. 
Everywhere we look this time of year, we see lights. Lights perfectly placed in their place. I remember as a child going to my grandparents' house and seeing on his Christmas tree perfectly placed lights tied in place. Yes, even with sandwich bag ties. Perfectly placed. We walk outside and what do we see? Stars hung in their place perfectly right where the creator, the maker of the light desired for them to be. There is something about light this time of year. The author of the Gospel of John says this. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness. What is it? What is it about the simple light that comes from a candle's flame? For it seems to me that one single flame illustrates more powerfully than a thousand sermons this time of year. There's something. There's something about the light. John goes on to describe the light. He says this. The light shines, the light shines, the light shines. It means the light emulates. It means the light radiates. It means the light, the light causes something that which was otherwise not seen before, now we're able to see. It's not like any other light, for this light can't be hidden. Listen how John describes, in the beginning was the word, was the light. And the word, the light, was God. And the word was with God. He was with God, this light, in the beginning. You see, what John is saying here is this light that came to the earth is a light that's full of love. For when this light came to the earth, he was with God. He was God. And so he brought with him the perfect harmony, unity, and love that existed perfectly within the Trinitarian deity itself. He brought love to the world. John goes on to say this, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And when Jesus Christ made the world, how did he make it? He made it in perfect peace. The Old Testament authors called it shalom, perfect harmony, not merely the absence of conflict. No, that's not true peace. Peace actually is the presence of righteousness. He brought love, for he brought the love of the maker. He brought peace, for he brought order. In him was life. In him was life, and life was the light of men. And there is a reason why when we speak of someone who is full of life, when they're full of joy, we say, this person is full of life. He is full of joy. This light came, and he brought love. He brought peace. He brought joy. There's something about light this time of year. The light shines in the darkness. You see, it's no wonder we're drawn to light. Because every light that is coming through the lens of your pupil tonight is bowing in perfect, is bowing in perfect submission to the ultimate light, to the perfect light, which will never
let's stand together and let's sing. Oh, come all you faithful, let's sing together. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold Him, born the King of angels. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Christ alone. We adore you,
seated. Emmanuel, what we're singing about comes from Isaiah 7. It says, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Well, and this was realized when Jesus came to be with us. The light of heaven came, swaddling cloth, a manger. You know the scene. And Christmas Eve reminds us of babies. And uh, we take this special time just in our service uh, to dedicate some of our families, um, to dedicate some of these babies. Uh, You'll see there's a a whole handful of them up here looking all nice and good for their Christmas Eve pictures. But we do this as a time uh, where we dedicate them to know that they have the support, but also they make a commitment uh, in front of you of how they want to raise uh, their children. Reminds us of our calling as as parents, but also as a church uh, to make disciples. It's hard to believe Mary and Joseph were entrusted with this very same task the ministry of raising children. You know, in Luke 2.52, it says that Jesus was raised in wisdom and stature. He grew, just like these little ones are going to grow. We also see in that same chapter in Luke 2 that Jesus was presented at the temple. It says he was presented unto the Lord. Now, we don't do it in in the same fashion, but just as a symbol, as a remembrance of that event, we are able to even present them here unto the Lord. And so tonight, uh, you're entrusting back to the Lord the most precious gift that he can entrust you with. Your kiddos aren't going to remember this night. Plenty of maybe recordings and pictures of it. You guys will, and that's what's so special about it as well as we dedicate these families as well. My wife, Jen, will introduce the, the families that we have before us. To introduce you to three of our families that are desiring to dedicate their children tonight. Our first family is uh, Randall and Tori Yoder, and they are dedicated their firstborn, Hudson Reed. And his name means strong in rule, and the verse that they have chosen is Philippians 1 9 through 11 that says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And our next family is Scott and Tanya Mosbach, and also Josiah, and tonight they are um, dedicating Jonathan Clay Mosbach. His name means Yahweh has given. And the verse that they've chosen for him is John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And our next family is David and Billy Joe Martin. And they have Ruthie as well, who's on the end there. And tonight they are dedicating Luke David, and his name means light giving. And they've chosen two verses for him. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. And 3 John 1, 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Well, and this is a declaration uh, that we do in front of our church family. And uh, that you believe that your desire is to raise uh, your, uh, in this case, your boys uh, in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And this is done through your personal discipleship and worship. Uh, that you'll take uh, that as a priority in your life. Also, to model a godly relationship in your marriage. What a a testimony it is for your kids to have that godly relationship in your marriage. And then to raise your children uh, with the gospel ever-present, always pointing them in that direction and praying fervently that the Lord would one day save them. And so in light of the spirit of Christmas and your desire tonight, I just have a couple uh, sentences that if you would agree to this vow, we would love to be able to dedicate these children. Uh, If you agree with this, will you say, we will? Uh, Do you 
vow to share the good news of Jesus with your children? Do you vow to teach him, to discover the gifts that Jesus has given him? And do you vow to equip him to serve Jesus? Well, it is uh, with our privilege that we pray for these families. And so will you as a church family also uh, just bow your hearts and be uh, in prayer for these families. As, uh, as if you've been through the stage, you know that they have many years of uh, just entertainment and stories ahead of them. So will you pray with me? Father, we uh, pray for these families uh, tonight. Thank you for giving us the privilege to be able to pray over young families, Lord. Uh, We just pray uh, that that you will give them the strength to be able to live out the gospel, to be able to uh, walk out the gospel in their daily relationship, God. God, we pray uh, for little Hudson and Randall and Tori, God. Just pray that you keep them unified in their marriage, that they lean on their extended family and their church family to be able to raise him, God, uh, just in a way that is loving and serving to you. God, we're so thankful for the Mosbach family and just the way that they've been a blessing to so many people in this church, God. We just pray that as they raise Jonathan, God, that you will just help them continue to model what it looks like to have a godly family. God, we're so thankful that they even can have their extended family here, God, to be able to see this and be able to be part of this as well. We are just so thankful for them, God, and just the model that they've already shown us, God. Give them the strength to continue to press on, God, and to point Jonathan towards the Lord. And God, we pray for the Martin family. Uh, Lord, we just are so thankful uh, that they're here. And God, we have been just privileged to be able to walk with them through their testimony, Lord. And we just pray for them as they raise their, their little ones, God, during this time. Pray for Luke, God, that you will just help him to be able to see who you are, God, and to be able to love you with a deep, deep appreciation for God and worship of you. And God, as we commit these families to you, God, I pray that you give us the focus and the strength to be able to help support them in discipling their children during this season, God. Always be able to be living out the gospel in front of them, God. Thank you for the privilege uh, that we have for this, God. And let us just have more worship towards you as we think about the baby that you came, grew up, and we're that Savior that we are worshiping even tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this time, uh, our usher is going to come forward and take our offering. Thank you. 
So the light shines. John goes on to say this. The true light which shines, the true light that shines and gives light to everyone was coming into the world. You see, not only was this a brilliant light, but this was a bold light. What kind of boldness? The kind of boldness that enables this light to shine on every, on every man, upon every woman, upon every child. This is a bold light. You see, the light that came was the light that created all things. He created all things with shalom, in perfect harmony, and in perfect order. But you know from the Genesis account that sin entered the world. And so he came into the world seeking to restore love, seeking to restore peace, seeking to bring joy into the hearts of those who desperately need it. Verse 10 says he was in the world. He was in the world that was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, he came to his own and his own people. They did not receive him. You see, he came to restore these things, but they rejected him. They rejected his love. They rejected the peace that he came and offered. And without love and without peace and without the acceptance of the light of the world, there is no joy. Despite the rejection, despite the rejection, what came at Christmas was hope. But to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of God, but of God. You see, what came at Christmas, what came into the manger was hope. Galatians 4 says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law and trapped in sin, that's you and me, so that we might become adopted as sons and daughters of God. This is Christmas, hope. But the greater story of Christmas, as you know, is not just that the baby came, but that hope came and hope grew. Luke chapter 2, verse 52, which was already referenced tonight, says this, Jesus grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, and he grew in strength. The Bible tells us this, God, Jesus Christ, the light came and he lived a perfect life. He came and he taught us a new way to live. He healed the sick. He lived amongst the low and the poor. He broke bread and he fed the hungry. This is our light. He loved the unlovable and he touched the untouchable and he brought love despite the rejection. He brought love, but he also came modeling perfect peace. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23 says this about our light. When, the, when, he had, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continually entrusted himself to him who judges justly. You see, this light, this light that came as hope grew, and he brought love, and he brought peace. And then the scripture says this, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. This is the full story of Christmas. 
Jesus, the brilliant light of heaven came to boldly go from the cradle to the cross. Friends, this is our hope. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds we have been healed. Christmas stretches from the cradle to the cross. And it's amazing to think that one who took the bread and broke and fed the hungry, the one who sat amongst the needy, the one who fed the 5,000 on the hill was the same one who sat at the last supper and took another loaf of bread and he broke it again and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. What does he say? Eat of this bread in remembrance of me. Christmas. Christmas. Christ Mass. It's an assembly. It's a gathering on this day, on this night, during this season where we come together and we remember the full story of Christmas. And if you've come to remember, then we want to remember in the way that Jesus told us to remember. He said, as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you will remember my sacrifice for you until I come. And so today on this candlelight, tonight at this candlelight service, we are going to come again and take of the bread and take of the cup. We know it as communion. We know it as a time of remembering. And for those of you who believe, who have trusted Christ as your personal Savior, this is a moment of celebration. For you know the full story of Christmas. For all of us, though, this is also a moment of contemplation. It's a moment of contemplation where we come around and we come to the light again this time of year and we say, do we believe? And some of us, we don't. Some of us, we long to believe, and so to you, like Thomas, perhaps, you would pray unto the Lord, Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. If you're not sure in where you are and your faith with God, it's okay to let the cup and the bread pass you by. That is perfectly fine tonight. But the Scripture says this, right where you are, you can pray. The scripture says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for you, that he was buried, that he rose from the grave, you can be saved. You see, with the heart we believe, but with the mouth we confess is in this, this, this is salvation when we surrender ourselves to the king, to the light, to the one who came. He says in this moment you become a new creation. Oh, oh, tonight that you would see the light like you've never seen it before. Father, we come to you now. Even as the men come to distribute the bread and the cup, Father, we come to you in this moment, in the quietness of this moment. We look into the depths of our own hearts and we know what your scriptures say, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know, Lord God, that we're sinners that need a Savior. God, I would pray tonight for the one who's here, for those who are here who desire to trust you as Lord, oh God, that you would move in their heart even now to pray back to you their desire to believe. Father, for those who know, for those who are sure, Father, we celebrate in this moment. Sure, it's a moment of contemplation in many respects. It can be perceived as somber, but in the depths of our heart, Lord God, we celebrate. We celebrate Christ. We celebrate his coming. We celebrate the fact that he is alive. We celebrate the fact that he is living. This light is now resident in us. Oh God, we praise you for this. May we reflect on you now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As the men pass, be sure to take both cups from the tray.
stars shining in the sky lead us by a light break through the dark of night we need a savior these gifts are what we Just like the ancient kings worship forever. Communion, it's a time of remembrance. It's a time just to be still. It's a time to reflect. It's a time to meditate. Communion on Christmas Eve allows us to take these moments not just to reflect on the coming, on the birth of Jesus Christ, as significant as that is, but to just to take a step back and look at his 
earthly ministry as well. Jesus Christ rounded up 12 very unique characters and he poured into their life and they became his disciples and they became a group of people that would change the world. Jesus Christ in his day would turn the religious system that he was confronted with on its head and he would incorporate new ideas of grace and forgiveness and unconditional love. And then his claims of deity, his claims of being the son of man, he would ultimately be charged and sentenced to a crucifixion, to a death on a cross. He ultimately did that to pay the penalty for our sins, to pay a debt that neither you or I could ever pay. And again, for those of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, today he desires to be our bread of life, to be our sustenance, to be our substance. And as Christ lives within us, he desires these qualities, these words that we've been talking about tonight to just overflow from our lives, looking at hope, looking at love, looking at joy, looking at peace. Through his presence, he desires these things, these qualities, just to overflow from our lives. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four says that this is my body, which is for you. This is my body that has been broken, that I've died for you, that I've paid a sacrifice for you, that my love and my light would live within you. Would you just join me in praying and thanking the Lord for that tonight? Dear God, we are so thankful tonight for your goodness to us. We're so thankful tonight that Jesus Christ came to this world, that he put on flesh, and he showed us what you looked like. And we're so grateful tonight, God, that he went to a cross and paid the penalty for our sins, that we can live in freedom and newness of life. Thank you, God, that your body was broken for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Take and eat. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-five, we read, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus Christ's blood that was shed satisfied the demands of a holy God. It satisfied his wrath. There was no need for any additional sacrifices. No other lambs, no other goats, no other burnt offerings needed to be offered again to satisfy God. Peter writes this, that Jesus Christ died for sins once and for all, the just for the unjust, to bring us to God, to put us in a right relationship with him. It also allowed the words of Ephesians chapter 1 to be written, which says, in him, in Jesus Christ, we have redemption. That we have been redeemed, that we have been brought back into a right relationship that we've been forgiven of our sins and we've been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, that we don't have to walk around with the weight and the guilt of the things we've done, that we can walk and live in freedom and in newness of life, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the overflowing, abundant riches of God's grace. So tonight, we thank God, we thank Jesus Christ for the shed blood that provides us with forgiveness, that provides us with newness of life. So if you would, take and drink all of it. Do join me in praying one more time. Father, thank you again so much for this chance to remember for this chance for our hearts and our minds just to focus on Jesus Christ, the one that loves us so much, the 
one that just desires an intimate fellowship each and every day, that our lives would be filled with the light of who he is, and that, God, our lives would just overflow with the joy and the peace and the love that he longs for each of us to have as we walk with him. We thank you, God, so much for this chance to remember and to be still before you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
And so John goes on to say, And the word, the light became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory. The glory is the only son from the father, full of grace and full of truth. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. You see, this light is a brilliant light. This light is a bold light. It shines on every one. This light is a beautiful light. There's something, there's something about the light that emanates from a flame. Throughout the scriptures, the glory of God is depicted as a brilliant light, radiant light, all throughout the Christmas story as well. It's light. It's light that shines out in the field that brings the shepherds in. It's a star in the sky that leads the magi to the child. Oh, but what of that heavenly host that led the shepherds to the manger scene where they were able to look upon the radiant beams of his holy face. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness is not able to overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the, light, and the darkness is not able to overcome it. Why? Because the darkness, the darkness cannot quench the light that is in each and every one of us now. You see, this is the time of the year. This is the moment where it appears there. It seems like all of earth, just time just seems to stand still. It's the time whatever weight you brought in with you or whatever grievance or whatever other thing may be going on in your life. This is a moment when you're able to focus on the things that matter most in life. Is that not true? Was it a silent night? Was it a silent night? I don't know. But I can tell you this. The Lord has come to bring love. He's come to bring joy. He's come to bring peace. He's come to bring hope. And he's come to silence all the dissonance that exists within your heart so that you can experience peace and have a silent Let's sing together.
said, let light shine out of the darkness, has now shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There is a light. His name is Jesus. So what is to be done with this light that you're holding in your hand right now? You are the light of the world. We, church, are a city that cannot be hidden. Jesus Christ would on to say, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds, they would see the fruit of the gospel in your life, and they would be able to glorify your Father then who is in heaven. What is Christmas? The light has come. What is Christmas? It's the reminder that the light now shines in us. What are we to do with Christmas? Take the light with us as we go. That the gospel may shine with us that our Father would be glorified in heaven. Amen? Amen. Merry Christmas. You may blow out your candle. On behalf of the leadership of Mission Church, on behalf of the pastors and the elders and uh, our entire church family, we want to wish every one of you a very Merry Christmas. You are loved. You are sent to the glory of God. Merry Christmas, everyone.